Today's program was brought to you by Consider Bardwell Farm in Vermont, a producer of award-winning handmade cheese from goat and cow milk. For more information, visit ConsiderBardwellFarm.com. This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. and welcome to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonney, and today we're coming to you live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. You can listen to After the Jump live at our new time every Wednesday at 1 p.m. on heritageradionetwork.org or download the podcast on iTunes anytime. For the past two weeks, we've been talking about the cost of doing business, from understanding the hidden costs designers face to breaking down the world of retail. This week, we're switching gears a bit and focusing on design firms to better understand what they do and how best to work with them. So today I'm thrilled to be joined by Lee Nelson and Lindsay Pope, principals of LMNOP, a designing and or design and branding firm here in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Thanks, guys. Hi. Hi. It's Thanks nice to, <laughs> to see you both. We've all traveled from the same neighborhood to come here today. Mm-hmm. Um, when I announced this year's radio themes would be more about the business behind design, I got some interesting um, emails from readers, primarily about very specific questions having to do with designers and design studios. And one of the things people really struggled with was what to expect when they were hiring someone, what should they know going into it, and sort of how do they communicate their needs best with a company that doesn't automatically know exactly what they want that's mainly in their head. So I'm excited to have you guys here today because I have a lot of questions not only about that, but really about how you guys got started and how you've gotten such an impressive client roster so quickly. So let's start at the beginning. Um, For those people who aren't familiar with you yet, could you guys tell us a little bit about your company and the work that you do? Sure. Um, The two of us were old friends. We met probably about six years ago. And about five years ago, we started the company. Um, I had been, this is Lee, by the way, I had (laughs) been um, in publishing for a long time. And it was around 2008 or so. And it was when kind of things were tanking financially, the publishing industry itself was changing so, so rapidly. And, and really, you know, just things seemed like I, I just needed a change. And Lindsay was kind of at the same point in her career as well. And we just started kind of floating out the idea a bit here and there. And, um, and then it was just like one day, all of a sudden it was right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, I think, you know, I had dabbled slightly in, in freelance world a little bit and found it to be a little bit lonely. Mm -hmm. And, um, when Linz and I started, you know, talking about doing this together, just the idea of having someone to bounce things off of and, and having that creative partner was, it just felt right. And we went for it. And I think it was September, 2008. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been, it'll be five, five full years in September. That's great. How did you guys choose the name LMNOP? Well, it'll, it was, it's our initials, Lindsay. Well, I was Lindsay McCabe and now I'm Lindsay McCabe Pope. So I'm trying to eat up every last initial. (laughs) Um, And uh, Lee is Lee Nelson. So it was sort of a playoff of our initials and just sort of a nerdy thing I used to say when I was a kid, when I would give my initials and I would just say, you know, L-M-N-O-P, you know, I think I was like the funniest thing around. So um, that's sort of where it started sort of like the basis of it. But it's also 
you know, the best, the best part of the alphabet, kind of the part that everybody sings and the one that people remember the most. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. it has a sing-songy, funny little tickly feeling when you say it so and it's actually really kind of we've learned it kind of tells a lot about yeah. someone and how they read it like they <laughs> oh, no. like you either get it or you don't yeah. like I think kind of more creative right brain people like oh man I love that name and then you have some people who are like really struggle with it we've gotten limnop lim- lim- a lot, <laughs> quite a lot. <laughs> or you know sometimes even when we do explain it there's still like this confused kind of look on someone's face yeah. and, and not that that's a bad thing but um it just kind of tells you a lot about mm-hmm. someone Bankers like usually say Limnop. Limnop. I feel like that if you guys ever wanted to be like a weird Swedish electronic duo, Limnop sounds like a good... <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes sense. Tour the country with that one. That could be our backup plan. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I always like to ask people about mission statements, because I feel like most companies don't necessarily start with them anymore. Did you guys have a mission statement when you started or sort of a guiding philosophy with the way you wanted to run your business? Gosh, not no. really. And I think, you know, it's funny being five years in, I think. Um, and the way that we started the company was just, you know, it started with a lot of wine. You know, <laughs> it started on Lee's Lee's apartment at the time, you know, with these big sort of like not lofty ideas. But, you know, we really, you know, so creative and we want to we want to keep on doing great work and, you know, filling up our wine glasses. And then we want to do this. You know, but so, and when we really started it, it was so natural and it was just, it just was what we did. We were doing this and we would have people ask us all the time, like, was it so hard? Was it, what was this, that other thing? And we're just like, we just did Mm -hmm. it. You know, if we were to go back and do it again, I think we would have a mission statement and like (laughs) a business plan (laughs) and all of these things that probably would be helping us out right now. Cause you know, we've run into some things where, you know, whether it be accounting or, you know, logistical things that have been a really big headache. Um, um, I think on our website it says something like we want to create things that tickle your eyes and what was it? I don't know. It's sort of cute. And, you know, we're playful. And I think at the end of the day, um, we want our creativity to sort of speak for ourselves, speak speak for our company. Um, We do, we, we originally started the company to work on a lot of different types of projects instead of just working on um sort of one type yeah so i guess if there was a mission statement that would be it yeah we want to work on everything to to have fun with it all that's been our Mm -hmm. like our kind of mandate throughout the whole process well i'm sure that sense of like starting it with excitement and fun has come Mm -hmm. in handy because you did launch a business in the middle of a recession which is no small feat um which leads me to the question what's been the most difficult part of running the business so far um I think I think the financial end of it really has been a bit of a struggle. It's something, I mean, we're both really right-brained people, and it's something that um, doesn't come naturally to us. And, you know, a lot of it is kind of common sense, but then there's a good bit that you have to lean on other people. And especially um, when you're small, you, you're used to doing everything yourself, and you're, you want to figure it out, and you'll get it done. But kind of throughout the years we've learned that there are times where you have to invest money in a good accountant or a bookkeeper or all of these things you kind of have to relinquish a little bit of that control Mm -hmm. so so the financials um have have been you know the not fun part that we're still dealing with today um I think that's that's definitely one of yeah and not having 
again, uh, Lee said we're very small. It's just the two of us um, as the designers, and we hired um, a, an account manager, which has been amazing and has changed our lives, really. And right now we have two interns, which is pretty awesome, too. <laughs> um, so there's a... How many is that? Four gals in, a, in an office, which is pretty hilarious. Um, but... Uh, but yes, I mean we're we're really stretched thin for the most part. So finding the time to do all of the fun, creative side things that sort of um, we want people to associate with us as a company, and so you can understand our personalities too, mm-hmm. has been hard. Um, you know, we've we when we first started the company, we had a lot more time to work on start a blog and and work on it, and we've had a you know quite a few people, potential clients, mention it in meetings. Um, we started, it was called Eat This, and it was sort of um, really uh, beautifully shot um, meals that we would create, and we would give a story behind it, and we, we tried to sort of relate it back to work, and whether it be, we just finished a job, we're going to make uh, lobster rolls, whatever it was, um, and we want to get back to that. So we're trying, we're trying to find the time and try to find the help to, to get us back to that, that place where we can really explore our creativity. Yeah, I think, I think that's the most difficult part of starting any company is that the things that are different and unique and time-consuming that get you attention mm-hmm. are the hardest yes. to maintain yeah. once yeah. you've kind of, you know, yeah. gotten the ball rolling and then you're like, oh, crap, we have to be on Instagram 10 times a day uh-huh. adding these, like, tiny videos or whatever it is that you're doing. And yeah. it's like people fall in love with those tiny things and then expect more depth and more depth. and Not knowing just how, how much time you put mm-hmm. into it, mm-hmm. which is fine. We're happy to put in the time, but we also need to have a life outside of the office and mm-hmm. you know yeah so yeah sort of starting to delegate some of that stuff these days has has helped us um even just kind of putting it on the calendar mm-hmm. where we never used to and oftentimes you know if it's that means coming in on a saturday so we can play around with some donuts and make a cool animated gif well then it has to be on saturday mm-hmm. but um but it, it is making that a priority is yeah. tough yeah, absolutely. Um, I find that a lot of people learn so much about themselves through the first couple years of starting a business. What's something that each of you have learned about yourselves independently um, in the first couple years of running your company? Oof. Like you love donuts and want to make animated gifts <laughs> out of them. Well, that's always been apparent. <laughs> um, I think I've, I've actually, and this is not something I'm proud of, but I'm a lot more indecisive than mm-hmm. I thought I was. I thought I used to think I was pretty like clear cut in my opinions, but running a business has made me, you know, doubt. And it's it's really it's not the big picture stuff; it's the smaller like day to day, where I wish I would just make a decision and move on. <laughs> um, so I've I've t- noticed that especially recently. What about you, Lindsay? Oh God, I, I'm like having a pregnant brain moment. I can't think of anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think. You know what? I think it made me realize that um, I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was. Um, You really need to have a really thick skin, Um, especially in in owning any business that has your name attached to it. And also um, owning something that's so important to you and something creative. So you're being kind of critiqued all the time. So, you know, it's it's been a learning process and it's been really hard, but probably the best thing I, you know, I could have done, you know, just, um, 
to be sort of questioned all the time and have mm-hmm. to give an answer because I don't like to give, <laughs> I don't like to answer a question sometimes when you know it's you know so I think that's been a really important lesson and I think I'm going to be you know using that throughout my life like that sort of take a breath chill out don't you know whatever don't punch that person in the face for asking a question <laughs> that they're welcome that you're, you know they, they can ask you um so yeah it's toughened me up a lot and mm-hmm. it's made me um much more mature mm-hmm. and a normal more normal human being than just like a designer sitting behind a computer mm-hmm. yeah i think if that toughness probably comes in handy because you guys have a really impressive client roster um people who aren't familiar with you guys you've worked with the cfda you've worked with vogue mark murphy and the thompson hotels um when you guys started out did you were you looking to sort of work in the food industry because you've done a lot of work with um, the food industry as well as fashion? Did you have a particular niche in mind? We we didn't, starting out. I mean, kind of our whole goal was to not have one particular industry. We just wanted to be able to do a lot of different things. Um, with Lindsay's hospitality background, she she came from Hotel World directly before we started the company. So, And she was at Morgan's Hotel Group, who then became one of our steady clients. So, you know, with anything as you start to gain certain clients and those more of those clients come on. And so we have, while we want to stay broad, we have found that we've kind of like gotten into the hospitality niche and it's actually been really helpful to us. It's not something we set out to do, but it helps you get more work. If, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have a great restaurant clientele, then more restaurants come at you and and it is easier to kind of tell your story and, and um, explain yourselves if, if you do have that niche. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's something to be really proud of. I think a lot of design studios do a lot of work every day that never sees the sort of broad audience that hospitality work is Mm -hmm, seeing because mm -hmm. you're talking about hotels and there are thousands of people from across the country Mm -hmm. and the world who are checking in and seeing things or eating and hearing about like a celebrity chef and people Mm -hmm. like Mark Murphy. And that's the sort of stuff that has broad exposure, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, And especially um, things like restaurants, you know, I would say five, 10 years ago, whatever we're doing now just wasn't being done. Like, We've taken kind of the branding into the restaurant world, and we're just having so much more fun with it than it used to be, mm-hmm. you know. So um, it's been fun to do it in a new industry mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to watch branding as somebody who's coming from more the design angle, but I'm married to somebody who works in food. Um, it's interesting to see when design and food kind of intersect a bit and the way that I think restaurants are embracing branding in a much bigger yeah. sense. Um, I interviewed Louise Feely, who's mm-hmm. an amazing artist who's done a lot of branding primarily in the sense of like logos for um, some famous restaurants in New York and some of her older projects like she's just hired just for the logo Mm -hmm. or the name and that's it and it was never carried down to anything else and now you see everything from matchbooks and you know the tiniest pieces of things Mm -hmm. that go everywhere Um, is that something you're seeing across the board are you seeing different niches really embrace a full picture of branding versus just like make me a great logo or a great homepage? I think so I mean you know we've had a lo- quite a few of our clients come to us and say, you know, what we love about you guys is all of the little details that you put in to a project and, you know, the the funny little saying inside of a matchbook and, you know, weird tape to, you know, package up a box, you know, all of these things. Um, so they come to us for those, for those things specifically. And I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, I think five, five years, just even five years ago, things were so different as far as what people... Um, understood branding to be and understood 
understood the process to be. We, we certainly have to handhold quite a bit still and get them used to it and, you know, get them familiar, you know, with the, the scary branding waters, which aren't scary at all. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I think, well, we're going to dive into what those branding waters are <laughs> after the jump. We're going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back with Lee Nelson and Lindsay Pope from LMNOP. Today's program has been brought to you by Consider Bardwell Farm. Spanning the rolling hills of Vermont's Champlain Valley and easternmost Washington County, New York, 300-acre Consider Bardwell Farm was the first cheese-making co-op in Vermont founded in 1864 by Consider Stebbins Bardwell himself. Rotational grazing on pesticide-free and fertilizer-free pastures produces the sweetest milk and the tastiest cheese. All of their cheeses are aged on the farm in their extensive system of caves. Consider Barwell Farm is also a big supporter of Heritage Foods USA's No Goat Left Behind program. No Goat Left Behind is a serious effort launched in 2011 by Heritage Foods USA designed to introduce goat meat to American diners and provide a sustainable end market for dairy animals. For more information, please visit www.considerbardwellfarm.com. Hey, and welcome back to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonney, and today we're talking about design and design studios with the principals and co-founders of LMNOP Design, Lee Nelson and Lindsay Pope. Before the break, we were talking about the trajectory of your business so far, but I want to dive into the details and the nitty-gritty of those somewhat murky branding waters you were talking about before. I, I get that question asked so often of like, what is a design firm? Who runs a design firm? Like, can anyone be a design firm? Um, so I'm going to make you guys guinea pigs for a second to answer some general questions that people get a lot and don't believe answers from from me. So you can give them the official answers. Um one of the things people ask a lot is, like, can anybody start a design studio? Do people need degrees to run a design studio? Or do you feel like these days the idea of a degree is kind of irrelevant? Yes. What? <laughs> I, I do feel like a degree is pretty irrelevant yes. now. Yeah. Um, I, to be honest, we don't ever look at that on a resume. Mm -hmm. We barely look at a resume. We look at someone's portfolio and their work. And can you actually tell us tell the story behind it, how you got there and where you know you want to be and if that comes across at you know a piece of paper from a college yeah. doesn't doesn't not to say that that's not valuable it mm -hmm. certainly yeah. is and we both went to four-year schools and got degrees in art and mm -hmm. and that was super beneficial but um i feel like in these days of like kind of do it yourself it mm -hmm. people can teach themselves this we're not we're not rocket scientists and i do think that you it's something that you're um you're 
you know, born with this kind of inclination towards and talent with, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's, you know, any, sure. Anyone can start a design firm, yeah. you know? And I think for me, when I moved to New York, I had gotten my, this is Lindsay, I'd gotten my degree in art history and with a minor in fine arts and, um, was lucky enough to make, you know, the best decision of my life to move to New York. And, um, started working for a um, boutique fashion agency and it was like trial by fire that's where I learned everything you know scariest time of my life you know walking to work in tears you know leaving at three in the morning you know all of these things but I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything because you just that's how you learn I think that's just how you have to learn Mm -hmm. it yeah absolutely I think I learned more in my first two weeks in New York than I learned in four years in school so yeah (laughs) Um, You guys are particularly well uh, experienced to answer this question. What separates a branding studio um, from a design studio or an overall creative agency? Um, Do both or all of those categories sort of always include like graphic designers and fine artists or are they separate? I really don't know the answer to that. I think oftentimes it's sort of what you just want to call yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there was a time where we called ourselves a design studio. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what sort of like what the breakdown is of like what the categories are. I really don't know. I think what, uh, you know, as we, as we've grown over the years, our projects have kind of been more encompassing. We've Mm -hmm. really started to do more aspects of it. So whereas, you know, someone might've hired us to do just a brochure in the past. Now we're doing that brochure and then we're thinking about kind of the next steps and how they're going to, you know, also market that and, and put it out on social media. And like they're, we're, we're just thinking about things in a, in a broader sense that I think comes along with branding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would think that would be how you would distinguish mm-hmm. yourself. What do you guys think people should know before they pick a branding firm? So let's say if there is an independent designer listening to this show who wants to figure out, like, I, I know these skills are beyond me, but I want to be able to put my face out there in a way that's professional and but still cool and young. What are the things they need to know before hiring someone? Because I feel like there's a wealth of people they could go to, but it's really difficult to know how to pick the right person. Well, I think it would be based off of um, their portfolio, first and foremost. I mean, I think you're going to get a a good read of, um, I mean, the style of an agency, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, and you can see it through people's work and also when you meet somebody, like if you have similar sensibilities. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of our clients, um, we're fortunate to have clients that have like to have a little bit of fun and have a little bit of sense of humor with things, and I think that's often why we've gotten chosen for the jobs. Um so, you know, if that's important to you, then then you'll see that reflected in someone's work. You'll see that, you know, in in conversations with mm-hmm. them. And um, so so finding similar sensibilities and kind of having someone be able to get where your end goal is going to be yeah. and be in the same mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I think that personality is really important, too, like you said. And, um, you know the the how you know we're a small we're a small hands-on agency i think um you either want that or you or you don't want that i think mm-hmm. i want to talk a little bit about what the process is like for people who don't know what a what a branding or creative agency does um the last couple of weeks we've been talking about how people who are customers or clients can better understand the people they're going to for business so for you guys what makes like an ideal or a good client what what are you hoping for when someone comes to the table 
<laughs> is it a clear vision or is it an open mind? Like, is one of those better than the other? Yeah. Um, I do think it helps to have have some sort of vision. Um, oftentimes, you know, people will have nothing at all, and it's really kind of grasping at straws. And if that is the case, if we have a client like that, then there's a little bit more handholding and kind of prep work that we do in the beginning. It's, it's almost kind of walking them through a couple scenarios before we actually dive mm-hmm. into it. So, but then on the other end of the spectrum, you don't want someone who has this one particular thing that they're just never going to relinquish that <laughs> one idea. So, you know, you want someone who's going to have a fair amount of trust in you um, to, to take it in a direction that you think it needs to go. But, but it also really helps to have someone who's, who's put a little bit of thought into these things because we have certainly have had clients who's like, I don't know what I want. I, I don't know what my competitors logos look like. I don't, you know, like they just really haven't thought about that mm-hmm. and that's okay, but you should be thinking about it because that's why you're coming to us. Mm-hmm. So. Do people bring you guys like, like Pinterest boards and things like Sometimes. that? Does that crossover into your community? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Pinterest is a great way. I mean, it's like we start projects often with mood boards. I think all mm-hmm. designers kind of do. And this and it's now something that people can kind of make their own mood boards themselves. And mm-hmm. we actually have had quite a few clients recently like send us their Pinterest boards, which has been helpful. Yeah, it's great. So let's talk about like the typical creative process, which I know there is probably not a typical creative <laughs> process, but I would guess that most people listening are people who are wanting, would want to come to you for a website, business cards, logo, like kind of a whole shop package. If someone's coming to you guys uh, for something like that, what, how long of a time period are they looking at? Does a full branding project take six months, a year? Is there any sort of typical length people can expect? It doesn't take six months to a year. It takes, it takes a lot shorter, shorter of a time. Um, about it really depends well it really depends on what you're talking about but to get that sort of initial sort of uh, the logo the typeface the colors that sort of thing it's usually from start to finish like four to six weeks mm-hmm. that's pretty yeah. fast yeah you know I think anything that takes longer than that you're it's so diluted and mm-hmm. you know confused that you kind of really need to you know strike while the iron's hot with all like fresh ideas Mm -hmm. and really it's so emotional too it's such an emotional response to colors and fonts and all of these things that like I think the more the longer that you sort of spread it out you start to just wonder what exactly what are what are we doing here Mm -hmm. it's diluted and you can't really see the forest from the trees so um not to say that like rolling out menus and stationery and packing tape and matches and all of that doesn't take up to six months you know it could it's just the initial branding isn't is usually about four to six weeks i think that's pretty fast yeah i feel like i worked with a lot of web designers that are like way slower than (laughs) can i have them answer to you (laughs) i want to talk a little bit about inspiration where do you guys typically look for inspiration in your work do you spend a lot of time online or do you try to sort of remove yourself from the same sources that everybody else pulls from I find people tend to be like completely one way or the other. Yeah. Like they love being in the same well as everybody else. or they're like, absolutely not. I only look at printed out materials. I never look at the internet. Um, I, I still, this is Lee. I still look at quote, the internet quite a bit, yeah. mostly for ease. I mean, it's like we, things happen so fast. They do happen, you know, really fast in our studio. So we need to be able to get things done quickly, but there is something so nice about stepping away from the computer and like, 
dusting off those old books and like mm-hmm. looking through and pulling swipe from magazines and you know we take now with people using their camera phones as much as they do so many times you just snap little pictures of things that you want to remember whether it's a sign walking down the street that you love the font or anything like that so so getting away from the computer and kind of pulling all those little pieces that you draw inspiration from is really helpful too yeah what percentage of the thing those moments that you grab do you share publicly versus keep privately for yourself (laughs) that's funny i we were recently looking at another agency's um Pinterest boards because we're we don't do that really but we we should start to and you know all of these things um, we were looking at their Pinterest boards and I was thinking gosh they're giving away all their secrets <laughs> like I wouldn't do that you know you're just now and then now you can look at them and be like oh well I know how they did that logo you know <laughs> ripped off of that one you know you gotta keep yeah. some of it yeah private. I always wonder about that because I think <laughs> yeah. there's there's so much inspiration out there to be had and there's so much shared online I just so wonder much. if your your job is to be able to provide something that seems unique and different mm-hmm. it's difficult to be able to still put stuff out there but still keep some yeah. for yourself mm-hmm. yeah it's that's the big question I, I don't think we've figured that one out and I we've seen kind of people do it both ways but um, yeah I'm curious people people who really do put their ideas out there for each project whether whether that's beneficial to them or not mm-hmm um, before we end, I want to ask you my sort of favorite question to ask people who I think have lots of creative answers for things. Um, what's your pie in the sky project? What's the, you guys have had some incredible clients already, but mm-hmm. is there one client or even maybe just one area of your work that you're, you would love to just have on there before too long? I want to brand an airline. Yeah, we had, that was a good one. She, she said that yesterday. I was like, gosh, that's so smart. I love it. Have you been on Porter Air? No. That's a good one to check out. Okay. It's done by the people who did wallpaper in Canada, and they oh. only fly between, like, Montreal, New York, and Chicago, and maybe Toronto. Super boutique and all the girls were like, pillbox. Oh, I love it. It's amazing. And there's an adorable raccoon logo for everything. <laughs> it's really sweet. Great. I'd love to see you guys do that. Yeah. What about you, Lindsay? I, I, think, I think in the same line, I love the idea of, like, you know, the next Amtrak or, you know, any of tra- any travel like that could be so cool. Mm-hmm. Just makes me think of, you know, Mad Men days, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I think also, you know, uh, movie posters and, and things like that. We've, you know, we've reached out and spoken to some people out in Los Angeles and that would certainly be something we would love to get into. That's fun. Yeah. Right. Before we head out, I have a couple quick rapid fire questions to ask you. So <laughs> get ready, <laughs> set up in your seat. <laughs> They're super short. The first one is, um, what's your favorite website right now? Like, what's the first thing you load? Design sponge. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> How many times has someone said that? Nobody. I don't let anybody say that. So you have to give a real answer. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to let Lee go. <laughs> I still go back to old, reliable found. Mm, that's true. That's a good one. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Lindsay? It's like found is like thing. the basis of all of my oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's great. No one's said that okay, yet. That's, actually, right? that's a all wonderful right. one. You should um, see our, our swipe folder is like, <laughs> yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your go-to piece of clothing or jewelry right now that you're wearing? <laughs> Maternity jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Um, jeans, yeah. Uh, this this necklace that I wear right now is is um something I just got from my husband, but it's really it's a very delicate chain with a teeny diamond on it and it's not something I would ever buy, but um I'm glad I have it now cuz I can't take it off. <laughs> Do you know who makes it? Uh I know it was bought at Catbird. Mm. So good. It's a good shop for jewelry. That's that's his go-to. Yeah. What's a brand that you can't get enough of? Food, clothes, design, anything. 
Is it a donut company, perhaps? <laughs> um, the donuts. What is, what is my favorite? Dough donuts. Yeah. I mean, that's hands down The my hibiscus favorite. ones are really good. Oh, uh, you know. Those are my favorite. They're really good. I really like the um, I still like coconut. a classic <sighs> P- Peter Pan donut, though. That's right by our house. I feel like it's mildly overrated. Really? I'm, I feel a little frustrated with them. Really? I love their whole system yeah. and the twine that comes down yeah. from the yeah. ceiling, and I yeah, love the, the nostalgia yeah. of that place. But then every now and then, I'm kind of like, I'd rather have a dough donut. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they Peter really Pan means cakey. Those mm-hmm. are cakey donuts. That's a good point. Dough is doughy. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what is right now your favorite Instagram feed or trend? Um, We're so bad at this. I know. <laughs> Last week we discussed shelfies. What, what is that? Shelfies? Which is like the geeky design world version of a selfie, but oh. a picture of like your shelf with oh. things artfully. I hate shelfies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like people so are just contrived. so bored that they have to start taking pictures of their wall. Like, <laughs> oh, I have such a love hate relationship with Instagram. I don't know. I can't figure it out. So maybe none. No, I mean, we, but we do look at them all the time. Yeah. And there's, you know, the, uh, there's one, uh, a guy named... Patrick? Patrick. Can, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> he's great. Guy yeah. named Patrick. His, his photos are beautiful, and I think he's a genius, and I think he's what he's doing is Yeah, making subtle a whole career off and, of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really impressive. Absolutely. Um, last one. What is a trend, style, designer, or brand that you hope makes it big this year? Somebody maybe under the radar that you're a fan of, but that you hope we start seeing much more of. <laughs> Probably anyone that we've been branding. <laughs> 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 really, I you know we have a um, a new uh, client that we're w- working with, and it's a soda brand, and I can't get him. I'm really happy with what we've done, and I this whole time I just keep on think. I've had like the image of the label in my head. Um, but I can't talk about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> They're Brooklyn based and they'll be on shelves probably end of summer. But yeah, yeah we're such cheerleaders for our clients. It's like so exciting to think about yeah. when they actually get to be born yeah. into the world. We're so invested, you know, emotionally and, you know, so much that, yeah, we can't wait for some of our other clients to be able to launch. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's been so nice to listen to you guys today and especially to be able to kind of soak up all this information that I think people on my end of the community maybe didn't know. And it's nice to hear how much creativity and work and openness goes into every project and there's no set way of doing things. <laughs> no, not at all. That's exciting. Thanks so much for being here, you guys. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you want to check out LMNOP, you can find them at LMNOPcreative.com and on Instagram at Instagram.com slash LMNOPcreative. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.